You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Kia ora, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. So great to see you, Atamaria. If you are in the room today, and a great big no my heart and my welcome to those who are watching online. Can we one more time send all our love to our West Campus, especially, and our Pukakohe Campus? Man, we love you guys. Got some drips going. Okay, I want you to take out your notes, and, and I just want you to cross out summer. And I want you to write rainy day hits at the top of your notes. (laughs) How amazing is it uh, to be able to gather together, though, in a time like this. And I have no doubt that not just as a church family, but as a city, we will uh, band together and get through this um, season together. And one thing that I just want to let you know about as well, we've had some questions and queries about how we are helping as a church uh, the cleanup. And so what we're doing at the moment is encouraging uh, you and we're going to be putting out a bunch of different ways that you can do this and your small groups uh, to help. We're, we're going to partner with the uh, refuge centres that are already set up and the organisations that are already set up with the right systems and structures to do this thing um, because there are already many, many ways that we can help. And so on our social medias very soon there's going to be lists of places and ways and items and things like that that are needed in these places they're putting out calls for help and so just encouraging you uh, you know small groups can get together and do a big declutter of your home how many of us know that in many uh, many of our homes we have like two of everything <laughs> and so it might be a good time to get rid of the second thing you have that you're saving for a rainy day now is that rainy day uh, let's be ge- be a generous church and uh, so keep an eye out for those things but if you are talking among yourselves why don't you just go ahead and do it as Steve said don't wait for somebody to tell you to do it just go ahead and do it we want to be supporting all of those organizations that are already in there already getting sorted we can do this amen Amen. All right. My summer hit. The summer hit I am speaking to you from today is a verse that is very special to me. It is the verse that I've gone back to time and time again over the course of my life. I don't generally like the term life verse, but this is it for me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, his grace is sufficient. Now, I want you to imagine yourself in a crowd, okay? I want you to imagine yourself in a crowd of people watching a show. It could be anything, a musical show, a performance of some kind. In fact, this most likely happens uh, when you're overseas at a traditional cultural performance. uh, And there there comes a point in the show, and we have all been to one of these, where the host of the show, they call for a volunteer from the audience. They want some audience participation, and we all know that not one person in the room wants to be that volunteer, right? Yes, we've all been in that situation. Nobody wants to volunteer themselves, and so everyone looks at everyone else. And as soon as they say, I want to volunteer from the audience, we all go, Uh, The ground is a good place to look. We begin to pray, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. When you look around the room, you see the fear in people's eyes, don't you? The fear of being picked. And they point, and then they point to you. And the first thing you do is go, me? And then you look behind you. We all do this. This is standard universal behavior. Me? And then we look behind us just in case they're pointing to somebody else. 
Now, I have often wondered if this is how Moses felt. Do you remember that burning bush moment? That burning bush moment where a bush catches fire. That, first of all, is unusual. A bush catches fire and starts to talk. Second unusual thing about the moment. And then tells him that Moses is about to become an audience participator in one of God's greatest shows in history. Right? I mean, when that when that bush catches fire and, and, and begins giving you instructions and telling you that you are about to be the person that goes to the most powerful ruler in the land at the time with only a stick, armed only with a stick, and about to be part of the, one, the person who's going to lead thousands of Israelites out of Egypt who have been enslaved for thousands of years. I can only imagine that Moses would have been like, Me? And look behind him just to see that that bush wasn't talking to somebody else. I think Noah probably felt it when God asked him to build an ark in the middle of nowhere when there was no such thing as rain. I think Joshua probably felt it when God called him to take the baton from Moses and lead his people into the promised land. I think Saul felt it when Samuel anointed him as Israel's first king. I think Esther felt it when God called her to stand uninvited before a king and asked that her people would be saved. I think Gideon felt it when he was called to go up against the Midianites, and I think you felt it. I think you have felt that burning bush moment where you've gone, God, me? Like surely there's someone else better to do this job. I think we've all felt moments like that. Moments that have been daunting. Moments that have felt big, bigger than us. Maybe it's been a new job. Maybe it's been a uni course. Maybe it's a flood that is causing damage to your home or your workplace or your church. And you're looking at it and, and you're going, this is more than I can carry. This is more than I am capable of doing. Maybe you've become a parent and now you're looking at this little person going, God, this is more than I can carry. Maybe there's a mountain before you and you don't know how to climb it. Perhaps there's some financial struggle going on in your world. Maybe your marriage just feels like it's falling apart. I wonder if there's a health diagnosis that just looks too big. Maybe there's been a loss in your world and it feels like it's crushing. You don't know what to do. There have been more times in my life than I can count where I have stood before the burning bush and I have said, God, I don't think I can do what you're asking me to do. And time and time again, do you know what his response has been? It has been 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. This verse has sustained me through more seasons, more burning bush moments than I can count. And I thought the best thing I could do today is to share with you what I have learned through years and years of holding on to this verse. Because you see, I, be I, I believe that we have this one small problem. Here's our problem. When we are faced with a burning bush moment, a God, I don't think I can do this moment, here is what we assume. We assume that God is asking us to do it now, to do it right and to do it all ourselves. Our problem is that we are assuming that God is asking us to do it now, 
do it right and do it all ourselves. For some of you sitting there facing flood damage today, you are thinking, that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do this all? How am I gonna do it all now? How am I gonna do it all on my own? How, how am I, some of the situations and circumstances in your life, those are the thoughts that have gone through your head. But do you know what I've come to realize? I've come to realize three things and the first one is this. Here it is, God isn't asking me to do it all now. God isn't asking me to do it all now. Our tendency to think is to think, I have to get there now. I have to be there right now. I have to have it all sorted. I have to have it all together. I have to be right up there with all the others that are doing similar things and look like they have it all together and know what they're doing. I have to be there now. I have to have arrived already. And if I don't do it now, then I feel like I've failed. Anybody felt like that before? See, Steve and I, we once traveled to the USA and we were attending a conference in Alabama. And then after our time in Alabama, we were going to be traveling to New York to be at a, a friend's church over there. And on our trip, we arrived. So we finished our time in Alabama. We arrive at the airport in Alabama for our 11 a.m. flight. We get to the counter, and the woman at the counter says, I'm so sorry, guys, you've missed your flight. I'm like, how could I have missed our flight? Look at what our boarding ticket says. Like, we have not missed our flight. She says, no, no, we, you know, the flight went earlier. It, it, we changed the time. I'm like, well, thank you for letting me know. We had missed our flight, and so then, thank goodness, they booked us on to a second flight, to another flight. They rebooked us, but instead of going straight from Alabama to New York like we were supposed to, she said, I'm so sorry, but in order to get to New York, you've got to go through Dallas. So we're like, okay, all right. So we wait for our flight into Dallas, and we land in Dallas, and as we're landing in Dallas, a notification comes up on my phone to let me know it was nice of them to let me know this time, to let me know that our flight from Dallas to New York had been canceled. And so we're in a, an airport in Dallas when we're supposed to be in New York, and we are surrounded by thousands of angry New Yorkers trying to get home. You can imagine what that's like for two Kiwis uh, who just don't want to rock the boat. Stuck in a crowded airport, we stood in line for hours to try and rebook our flight for the following day. We had to stay overnight in Dallas, and when they rebooked our flights, they said, I'm so sorry, but you can't get to New York straight from Dallas. You have to go through Colorado. I said, I don't want to be in Colorado. I want to be in New York. But here's the thing I've learned about travel. In order to get to the destination you want to be, sometimes you have to go through a few other places. And it doesn't matter how much I want to be in New York, if the way to New York is through Dallas, or if the way to New York is through Colorado, then it doesn't matter how much I wish and hope and want to be in New York, then to Colorado I must go if it is the way I get to New York. And I think we approach our burning bush moments in the same way. I want to be there now. I want to be there now without realizing that what happens between now and there is what takes me to the place I need to be. The God I know is one that as much as I want him to work quickly and suddenly is actually more a God who works slowly, progressively and incrementally. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, a person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. The Passion Translation says it in a way I think we can all relate to. It says, within your heart, you can make plans for your future, but the Lord chooses the steps you take to get there. 
we planned our, our route to New York, but it took, they took, we took a different way to get there. God works in steps, and he leads us step by step over time to the places he needs us to be. I think of Joseph in the Bible. I think, you know, God placed a dream of leadership on his heart. Do you remember the picture God gave him of his family all bowing down to him? And I would imagine that at that moment, Joseph would have thought that that dream was going to happen right there and then. And yet, can you remember where Joseph had to go before he got to the dream? He, he, was, he was in prison, and he was enslaved, and he was a servant. All things that looked very far off from the there, and yet those were the places that were taking him step by step closer to the place where God had planned for him to be. I think of King David. He ruled nations, but that wasn't where he started. He led in pastures before he led a nation. He became a warrior defeating enemies, but that wasn't where he started. He defeated a bear and a lion and a giant before he took down armies. God is a God who moves people slowly and incrementally toward where he needs them to be. So what do we need to do in the meantime? Well, instead of worrying about being here now, this is in your notes, we need to trust his timing. Trust his timing. Trust him for the season you are in. Trust him now for the there. Trust him in your now. Trust him in the steps, even the slow steps. Trust that when he gives you a purpose, he will take you step by step to meet it. Amen? Trust in his timing. Not only does God not expect you to be there now, number two, he does, God is not asking me to get it all right. He's not asking me to get it all right. Our tendency is, is to think that I have to get it all right all the time. And if I can't get it right, then maybe I'm not the right person to do this job. Maybe I'm not the right person, we think to ourselves. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it at all. Have you ever noticed that when you go into a theme park, that there are certain conditions at the, at the opening of every ride, and you have to meet those conditions in order to be able to go on the ride. Like, for example, pregnant women shouldn't ride on most rides. People with heart conditions or severe back problems shouldn't go on most of the rides, but the one we are all probably most familiar with is the height condition. You have to be a certain height to ride certain rides, and depending on the ride, depends on which height you need to be. For the largest roller coasters, you need to be a bit taller to ride or qualify to get up the ride. And the measuring stick stands at the entrance of every ride. And if you don't measure up, you don't go in. No questions asked. Now, you might not know what it's like to live on the shorter side of life. You might not know what it's like to need a stepladder to get up to your high cupboards at home. But if you do, then you will know that rainbow's end. New Zealand's only theme park, is not the place where the fun never ends, when you don't get to go on all the rides because you just don't measure up. And Disneyland is not the happiest place on earth when all your dreams are crushed because you don't measure up to the ride. You, when, you're to, when you get to the ride and you're told you don't quite hit the mark, the truth is you and I spend a lot of our time feeling like we don't measure up, like we haven't quite hit the mark, even though we know we're called even though we know that God wants to use us and he wants to work through us, we can still stand there with this fear of missing the mark and it paralyzes us. It paralyzes us from moving forward because we think, I think I can, 
but what if I can't? You see, we perceive God to be standing there with a measuring stick, saying, if you don't measure up, you don't go, the, you don't go in. But I think, I think God operates perhaps more like what happens at the movies. You ever been into a movie theater? And do you remember, and you may not have noticed it before, if you're not so short, but at the opening of your theater, there's like a stack of booster seats. There's a stack of booster seats, and sometimes you can get a little booster seat to sit, put on your seat. It just gives you a little boost, so you can see over the seat in front of you and get a clear picture of the screen, and it's just there to help you until you grow a little taller. Some of us need it for longer than others. Uh, see, God isn't standing there with a measuring stick. He's standing there with a booster seat, and he's saying, I'll give you a boost. I'll give you the boost that you need while you're growing while you're stretching, while you're journeying, while you are leaning into me, I will give you, my grace is what gives you the boost that you need. See, the God of, that I have experienced is not a God who uses my weaknesses against me as a measuring tool against my, my incapabilities, no. He is a God who, who rather gives me the grace to grow to grow in my weaknesses. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. We've got to trust in that. And because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love, you know, there will always be disappointment at the measuring stick, but there will never be disappointment in the grace that God offers every single one of us. So what do we do? What do we do? We not only need to trust in his timing, but we also need to trust that he is working. Trust that he's doing a work in us, a work that receives us as we are, can and will use us as we are while we are growing into all he's created us to be. I'm so thankful that by his grace, I'm not the same Bex as when I started life all those years ago. I have grown. I am different. But I'm also thankful that he didn't wait for me to arrive before doors of opportunity began to open for me. I'm so thankful that by his grace, he has allowed me to grow while I go. I know that sounds super cheesy, but his grace allows you to grow while you go. He's not asking you to get it all right, right now. Amen? Come on, number three. God isn't asking me to do it all on my own. God isn't asking me to do it all on my own. Our tendency is to think I have to do this myself. It's all on me. It's all on me. One of the things I love about God is that all throughout Scripture, we see God calling people to do what feels humanly impossible, but he never tasks them to do it alone. To Moses, he gave Aaron. To David, he gave Jonathan. To Ruth, he gave Naomi. To Rahab, he gave the spies. To Joshua, he gave Caleb. To Elisha, he gave Elijah. To Esther, he gave Mordecai. I'm going to ask the band to come and join me now. When we first moved uh, to Whangarei, we moved ooh, maybe 11 years ago now, 11, 12 years ago. We moved up to Whangarei for um, four years to lead our campus up there. And 
when we first moved up there, we didn't know anybody. We just knew the people we were meeting up there, right? We knew we were meeting new people all the time and we only knew those who were in our church, those who we were pastors of. And the initial few months were really lonely. Like I missed my friends. I missed my family. I missed the people that knew me, like really knew me, that knew me from before Bex the pastor days, right? But about a month after we moved, Steve um, received a phone call from a friend who lived in Auckland. And they called to tell us and let us know that they were moving to Whangarei. Man, we were so excited. At that moment, I was overcome with gratitude, knowing that we would have these friends in our world, these friends who, whose only expectation of us was to be friends. But they gave us so much more than that. They quickly became like family and we had regular dinners and play dates and coffee catch-ups and not to mention the incredible support they were helping us with our boys. And I really look back at that time and I think, I don't know what I would have done without them. Now, I, I know and, and God knew that we were willing to go up there without them. We could have and would have done it without them. But the grace of God is that he knew not just what I need, but he knew what my heart desired. He knew what I wanted, and he knew that he was not going to ask us to do it on our own. And that's why we feel so strongly about small groups. That's why we get up here and we tell you time and time again that, that we believe that life is done better together. And I think it's times like right now in our city where we realize that we need each other. We can't do this on our own. I just told off one of my staff members because he got himself home from the airport and it took him hours and hours to do so. I said, no, you live in a community. You need to ask for help. And so I wanna encourage you, when we move into sign up Sunday next week for small groups, sign up. Like get yourself into a small group because God isn't asking you to do it alone, and yet we, all, we insist we must. But he's making it so much easier for us by offering us a community. And if you are sitting here today, and I, I think there's people sitting here today, and, and you really feel called right now to lead a group of people, to lead a small group. And I want to encourage you, Tanya's going to be out in the foyer, there's a table out there. If you're today sitting there and you're just feeling a little bit, maybe you're feeling a bit uncomfortable in your seat, maybe your tummy's going, maybe your palms are sweaty. Often when God does that to me, I know he's speaking to me, man. So I want to encourage you, don't forget, maybe if you think you're going to forget, or you're going to chicken out, get a connect card right now, fill it in, quick, quick, smart. You know, we also know from scripture that when God gives us a purpose, he also promises his presence. Remember to Joshua, he said, be strong and courageous for I will be with you. He isn't, he's not just asking us to partner with each other in the plan, but he's also asking us to partner with him. You're not alone. And for some of you today, that's a revelation because you have a natural tendency to try and do everything on your own. No, I'm, I'm good, I've got it. I do that. My line I've had to stop saying is leave it with me. That's the line I use. Someone comes to me with something, I say, leave it with me. <laughs> and then really I'm like, oh no, oh dear, oh dear, now it's mine. <laughs> but today you're realizing actually 
you need to ask for help. Some of you, you struggle with that. You struggle asking for help. You find it hard to reach out to someone. You find it hard even to surrender it to the Lord, not just to ask someone else for help. You find it hard to ask the Lord. But today is a reminder to us that whatever it is he is asking you to do, he isn't asking you to do it alone. That's like a light bulb moment for somebody. And for many of you, it's time to put up your hand and ask for help. For many of you, it's time for you to start praying for that friend, that helper. For many of you, it's time for you to surrender it to God. Let him in. Let him provide you with the strength that you need. Here's what we need to do. We need to trust in his timing. We need to trust that he is working and we need to trust that he is present. Trust that he will never leave you. Trust that he really does have your back. Trust that you can go to him at any time with anything and he will provide the help that you need. Trust that more often than not, and here's the thing we struggle with, more often than not, the help that you need is going to come in the form of another person. Right? When we're facing something that feels bigger than us, that burning bush moment, when we, we often fall into the trap, don't we? Of, of thinking that God is asking us to do it all now, do it all right, and do it all ourselves. But here's what we can remember. We need to trust in his timing, trust that he is working, and trust that he is present. Amen? Come on, let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you right now, if you feel comfortable, if you're facing something, and as I've been speaking, something's come to mind, and you, you, you just know that that is a burning bush moment for you, why don't you just, just on your lap, you don't have to do it high or super obvious, but just open your hands in, a, in an act of surrender and just giving it to the Lord right now. Just sit there in your seat and just open your hands as a way of receiving this prayer. Lord, we bring our burning bush moments to you right now together. And we say, Lord, we need you. We need you. God, we acknowledge we can't do this without you. We thank you for your grace that comes in our weakness. We thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. We trust in your word. We trust that your word says that it's in our weakness, actually, that you are stronger, Lord. Right now, we need that strength. We need that strength online if you're praying online. We're just praying right now that that God is speaking to you and that the Holy Spirit is coming to you right now, right where you are. And he's just going to minister to you in your situation, in your circumstance. Lord, I pray you'd bring people around everybody, Lord, people that can help, helpers, friends who can get alongside and support in the journey. Lord, I pray right now for your perfect timing to become apparent in people's lives. Lord, we trust you in the steps. We trust you in sometimes the slow steps that feel long and drawn out. But Lord, we trust you that you're taking us to where you need us to be. God, I thank you that you give us grace in our growing seasons, Lord. Lord, we don't have to get it right or get it perfect. We just have to get it godly, Lord, and and you can walk us through as we go and, and as we grow. Lord, we just surrender our circumstance to you. We thank you that you are with us in every season, Lord. We thank you for your grace. Wanna pray one more prayer, do one more thing right now. If you're watching online or you're in the room, I'm speaking to every single person right now. And I just wanna ask you this, do you know the Jesus that never leaves you? Maybe you're sitting there and you're burning bush moment and you're thinking, I don't even know God. And yet you're saying he's with me. 
I'm not close to him. So I'm not sure how he can be with me in this moment. Well, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Because he loves you. And he wants to walk this season with you. And he's made a way for that to be possible through his son Jesus on the cross. Because we all walk away from him. We have all become far from him. Whether it's through our own decision or mistakes and sin in our life. But God in his mercy and grace, sent his son Jesus to die a sinner's death on the cross, even though he walked a sinless life, to pay the debt that you and I would do for our sin, death. He died on the cross and he was resurrected again to give us new life in him. And I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment, a prayer of accepting that gift of salvation that Jesus gave us on the cross. Are you ready to pray it with me? I'll pray it out loud. You just pray it in your heart at home. I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. Thank you that you have forgiven me today. I turn from my old way of life now, and I turn to you. I ask that you would make me brand new. Thank you that I can start a new life with you today and I can spend eternity with you too. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, you can do this at home as well. There's a button you can click. It says, I raise my hand. I'm gonna count to three in just a moment. I'm gonna ask you to be really brave with me. I'm not gonna make everyone look at you. I won't embarrass you. I'll just acknowledge your hand. You can pop it straight back down. I would love to know who I prayed for today. I'd love to see who prayed that prayer. Online, you can click the button. Are you ready? I'm gonna count to three and then we'll raise our hands together. One, two, three. You can lift your hand now. Yes, awesome, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else, you're saying Bex? Yes, awesome, thank you, I see you. You're saying Bex, I prayed that prayer. Prayed it, maybe it wasn't the first time. Maybe you've prayed it before, but you know right now you're far from God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. God, I thank you for every person who prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray your blessing and protection over them as they begin this journey with you. God, gather people around them who are excited and can champion them in this decision and with the journey that they have just made. And I thank you right now that there is a party happening in heaven and we want to celebrate that too. Come on, church, would you give God praise tonight, today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.